for those who can afford it and for those who have made it a priority, we are voting with our money and mm -hmm. we are saying that this is what we want. And while we've got companies greenwashing or jumping onto bandwagons, the more we become aware and the more we question the brands, the more the competition steps in the right direction. Right, which exactly. is the well-being of our planet and for ourselves. Welcome back everyone to Reconditioned with me, Lauren Vaknin. And today was a dream guest, Jasmine Hemsley. She's a dream and she's just so wonderful and I've wanted to have her on the show for ages and finally got it to happen. And it was so much fun. I honestly, I have no idea really like if we got into deep kind of specific isolated topics because we were just having a chat but it was a chat with a lot of fun information you know about natural living and managing parenthood more naturally and Ayurveda and how to look after yourself and everything that's going on right now and just a whole range of other stuff it was just a really really fun insightful expansive chat and it's interesting because I do this thing on my course on the Recondition Your Life Academy where I ask my ladies to think about people that are inspiring to them so they can and this is in the core essence and purpose module so they can kind of imagine themselves within the attributes of these inspiring people and uh, Lacey Phillips calls it expanders which is a great term and I just love the whole idea of that and a few of my ladies have said Jasmine Hemsley which is really interesting so here she is for all of you guys that have Jasmine as an expander she's a wonderful person she's doing great things in the world and is a really great role model generally so I hope that you will get as much out of listening to this as I did having this chat with Jasmine don't forget to check out all her stuff at jasminehemsley.com as well and also don't forget Spotify has the option to rate the podcast now which you can do by just clicking the stars at the top of the Spotify page of this episode or of the main podcast so please feel free to go ahead and do that it takes two seconds and it will really help me out so let's get on to this episode with Jasmine which was so much fun and before we do a very quick word from our partners I'm so excited to be working with Block Blue Light again. You guys know I talk about their blue light blocking glasses a lot, but I actually have new reason to talk to you about them now. So a lot of you know we're renovating our new house at the moment and we have decided to go ahead and kit out our entire house with anti-blue light bulbs. Because of how damaging modern lighting is to our health and our sleep, we wanted to change everything modern houses usually have that we never question, but that are actually really detrimental to health. So in this case, things like not having dimmers because they release such high EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies, or not having LED or fluorescent lighting anywhere, which seems crazy to everyone because that's just what we're used to. We wanted lights without damaging blue light, but in rooms like the kitchen, I really wanted to make sure I still had enough light, especially living in the UK where it gets dark at 4 p.m. in the winter. And this was a little bit of a concern of mine because I still really want the house to be fully functional for modern living. But the Block Blue Light team created the world's first biologically friendly day to night full spectrum light bulb. And that's a lighting technology that really closely replicates the same visual color spectrum as visible natural light from the sun. And this sort of exposure to full spectrum light will increase energy throughout the day and uplifts our mood and increases overall well-being. And of course, these lights are super low EMF. And low EMF is something I've become hyper aware of in recent years and something we're really trying to focus on with this house. So for rooms where we don't need lights that are as bright, we've opted for their amber light and taken their advice on things like having floor and table lamps. So after dusk, we'd only have 
have lights at eye height because our ancestors would have only had firelight after dusk, right? And no overhead lighting. And we know that when we mimic our natural states as much as possible, our health thrives. And we wanted to make sure we did this with our new home in every way we could. So they also created the first ever blue light free reading lamp that attaches to your book and it has three brightness settings, but no blue light whatsoever. So it won't damage my sleep in any way, which is life changing for me because I read in bed every night. Now, this is the third season reconditioned have teamed up with Block Blue Light because we all know that healthy eating is essential and all of that great stuff, but not enough people know of how important reducing our exposure to blue light and EMFs is. And I really want to continue sharing this message. Sleep optimization is key to health and these products really maximize that. So you can go ahead and use the code LV20 at checkout on blockbluelight.co.uk for 20% discount across the entire range. Thank you so much to Block Blue Light. And now an uninterrupted episode. Jasmine Hemsley is a three-time best-selling author, the founder of East by West and a well-being expert. With a passion for eating well to feel happier, healthier, and more energized, Jasmine believes in conscious, healthy, and joyful living, drawing from the depth of Eastern wisdom and holistic philosophies of health, marrying that with the latest cutting-edge technology and developments in Western well-being. Jasmine uses her platform to promote a 360-degree approach to health and encourage a return to a simpler, more mindful way of life, reminding us that we are of nature rather than separate from it, with an understanding that our own health is intrinsically linked to the well-being of the planet. So Jasmine, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you so much. There's so much already in your bio that I want to unpack and we'll get yeah. there in a second. But <laughs> I a long start... <laughs> Yeah, it is. But there's so much in there that I actually love and want to unpack there so but I always start by asking the same question so that's what have you done so far today to support your wellness okay so it's 10 30 a.m feels like I've been up for many many hours what have I done it probably started to support my wellness today we started at one in the morning when I woke up thinking that it was time to wake up my, oh my, my other half had obviously we're basically in the middle of decorating redecorating so we had to empty lots of rooms last night and because I have a 11 month old baby 11 month old today we realized you can't get the same amount of stuff done and so there we, you just realized that at 11 just months? realized that no, you know <laughs> the funny thing was you know all of Nick's friends teased him oh say goodbye to sleep say goodbye to being able to and Nick was thinking it doesn't have to be that way I'm not going to listen to them and then yeah here we are so I'd gone to bed and Nick was busy taking out the, the last bits and bobs that accumulate. Um, and then he obviously woke me up at one and I'd woken up with a spring thinking, right, action plan. People are coming. I've got a podcast this morning. I've got to get this done, get that email off. And of course it was one in the morning. And, you know, I think we all know that feeling of wide awake, mind is racing. You're not, but you're, your body's not awake. And then you start to make little problems into bigger problems. And so I had to really go into my toolbox to just not have a go at Nick and try and pass the blame, mm. um, to try to slow down my mind, even though actually I could feel myself wanting to go there because it was interesting. And and because I still, I'm still breastfeeding and I co-sleep, uh, I also had someone latched onto me. So I, I <laughs> remember thinking I need some water, but couldn't get up and I didn't want to wake her up. So yeah, my toolbox consisted of um, humming, slowing down the breath. When the irritations or the stories are still coming at me, I basically just look at them full in the face. That's what I have to do. Because I have to say, where is this really coming from? What's the worst that could possibly happen? Because oftentimes I find that I push it away and it just gets bigger because I'm giving it energy. So when I really, really look deeply at it, I'm thinking, what's the worst that can happen? I can slightly move this. I can do that. And, you know, if it, if it all, you know, 
there are there there are things you could do. So as soon as I calmed myself down, that was great. Woke up this morning and I felt my throat being quite felt daggers in my throat, a bit of a sore throat coming on. And so I oil pulled, um, did some breath work, and by breath work I mean 30 seconds, I think, while sitting there with a the baby while she woke up. And basically doing all the things that I promote that look lovely on the on the gram, but you're juggling them all together and it's not such a pretty picture and it can look quite hectic, but there are moments there where I find the space, I can downregulate my system, I can have a bit more clarity and I can think, okay, this is how I want to take on the rest of my day. Mm. Um, so yeah, oil pulling, tongue scraping is a must for me. Um, I don't know if you've seen, I promote my tongue tingler, which I've been doing, my partner and I've been doing for 10, 12 years. It was taught to me by my meditation teacher in Australia. And that just cleans off the tongue. I get a check-in. My throat feels so much better. Had some hot water. And then I just drank for a breakfast, something called ragi malt, which is a, a kind of a millet. Um, it's an Ayurvedic Indian recipe. Um, and it's like a, a millet that you toast and then you cook with um, water, jaggery, and then you add some cooked milk to it. And it becomes like a lovely, somewhere between a hot chocolate and a porridge. Wow. Mm. That's quite an extensive list of things you've managed to do alongside renovations and an 11 month. It is. <laughs> well, I'm not renovating, luckily, but I did have to kind of make sure because we're doing two rooms that the right paint tins were in the right place and, you know, go through all that stuff while having the baby on the hip. No, it sounds a lot, but things like tongue, tongue scraping is about, I would say, three seconds of my time. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't even have to think about it. I just naturally go in there and my body wants to clean my tongue. It's the first thing I do when I wake up. It's not as impressive these days, I'd say, as it was when I was getting full nights of sleep, because obviously the stuff that your body is kicking out via the tongue can get reabsorbed if your sleep is disturbed and you're waking up and you're having a sip of water. Um, but when I used to, you know, have full sleep, you can kind of really see what's going on with your tongue. It sounds absolutely disgusting, but it's a bit like, <laughs> you know, checking in with, you know, how's your poo? How's your wee? How's it's your... essential for health. It's essential for health. You know, your body is always talking. And so if you can just read the signs, you can say, do you know what? I need a bit more TLC this weekend. Yeah. I'm such a fan of that as well. And also just like looking at all the stuff that we see as gross, but we're, we're all humans, you know, we're all humans. Like... We're all fascinated. I mean, you know, some of us, you know, are grossed out with it, but I've, I find it fascinating. Yeah, I do. It's a bit like talking. I talk a lot about sex on the show because, you know, we're all having it. Amazing. Um, and, you know, or, well, most of us, some some maybe not. But or we hope to, some of us. It, well, exactly. Yeah, we hope to get back to that point. But, you know, it's um, a lot of people listening to the show are women and mothers. And so, you know, it, and yet we have this strange it's like it's all a taboo let's not talk about poo let's not talk about we let's not talk about microbiome and but you know it's like the stuff that we actually really need to look at well let's yes. look at what's going on in our sex lives and why intimacy is a problem and what, how that's affecting us in all areas of our lives and yeah so I'm big on kind of looking at the totally and when you and when you see children and how they just you know they just say it how it is you know they don't mm. have these um they don't edit themselves they just yeah. speak of what they see and what they feel um and you know I, I think that's what is quite special about the time we're in that we you know women can be more liberated we can not just talk about these things with other women behind closed doors and I mean for some people they they don't even have that opportunity um mm. But being able to, you know, podcasts such as yours, mm. this amazing information where it feels like you are speaking to a friend for those that, you know, are in another country or in another culture mm. where these things are super, super taboo. Um, but, yeah, it's really interesting to see 
even, you know, in the office atmosphere, what people now talk about, you know, and, and how, you know, things that even, I don't know. Even like periods, women never used yes. to speak about periods. And now exactly. you know, podcast episodes and, you know, and we've periods. had, uh, and we've had so many people advocating to, you know, we bleed and let's talk about it. And, mm. and, and menstruation is another touch point for how is my body doing, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, we know the difference between, we don't need to have studied what a healthy tongue looks like. A healthy tongue looks like a child's tongue. It's pink, it's clean, it looks fresh. Um, and we know what healthy menstrual blood looks like. Um, and so being able to understand the differences between not just the way we feel when we're in our period or coming up to a period or post-period, um, <clears throat> but actually the, the, the quality of our menstrual flow is very telling of how we're doing in ourselves. Absolutely. I had, um, if you, you know, the book Wild Power. Have you read that book? No, I don't know that book. It's brilliant. And I had the ladies on the podcast who wrote it. Um, it I read it about four years ago and um, I was yet to get pregnant with my little one. So I had a boy at the time. But when I got pregnant with Vida, who, by the way, second name on our list was, I don't know how you guys pronounce it, but it was Mahalia. No way. Yeah. And I remember I, when you posted about when Mahi was born yes. and you posted and I commented saying this was second name on our list and I'd never heard of anyone else no who had chosen that name so yeah oh wow because Vida Vida was also something I was looking at um yeah Mahalia only came across it maybe she was four or five days old yeah. um and you'd have probably seen but yeah I was looking for inspiration for her name because the name that I had in mind she didn't look like yeah. um and then I heard about the you know using the seed the seed name astrologically yeah. um for her and it came out as ma and uh, i was thinking what name is ma and then, <laughs> I, then i was looking at filipino names and mahalia came up and then mahi was a nickname that i chose as uh, i think we'll call her this for short nick loved it and then we 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 did a little search on it and it turns out it means divine place between heaven and earth and that ended up being uh. so her nickname became her official second name oh um, wow and it means strong and it means uh, fish in Hawaiian, strong. And, you know, I think someone from Africa said that it meant in their language, um, strong, uh, strong work, work ethic. Um, and then obviously the Sanskrit divine union of heaven and earth was just so lovely. Wow. See, I'd heard of it because I'm a big fan of Mahalia Jackson, the singer. Yes. <laughs> because I knew, but, <laughs> but it hadn't as a name, it hadn't really registered. You know how some very famous people are just Mahalia Jackson. They're not Mahalia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so when I, the first, uh, the first few weeks of, uh, I remember lying down on the couch, breastfeeding and listening to a lot of her uh, music, which was really lovely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got so we recently bought a record player and we bought some of her records. So we've been playing that and the kids love it as well. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Anyway, so, you were saying. Vida. Yeah. So, so when I was pregnant, I was so happy that I'd read this book that could that gave me the tools to enable her to go into womanhood when the time comes, not feeling like it's a taboo thing. Mm. And having just all, the, you know, like I use a menstrual cup now and I'm big on kind of advocating menstrual cups and not putting bleach tampons inside us and not using bleach plasticky pads and you know all that kind of stuff and I'm so glad that I have that to give her I feel like that's yeah. such a gift um so yeah I don't know how we got into that just talking about poos and periods and everything but no, no, I mean, I think <laughs> it is so important I think it's important and um you know even my friend 
son said, oh, mommy's bleeding, you know, today. And, and for him, it's kind of like a normal thing that, you know, not, not that he shouts it out, hopefully in the streets, but, you know, it's it's just part and parcel of mum. And late, later he'll right. find out of women. Um, and it, yeah, it doesn't become this hidden thing because I think I don't particularly remember being scared of my period I remember actually really looking forward to it although when it did come I, I went through the whole shock yeah but I think I was watching I think I was reading do you, do you remember the book Deanie um Deanie, no. who's the there was a really famous author at the time in my small you know 10 11 year old world I can't remember the name but she wrote lots of teenage books and the one I was reading was called Deanie and Deanie was waiting for her period to come and um so I was quite excited by it but obviously it was a bit like when it came, I actually realized I was so unequipped yeah. to really understand anything about my period. And it was quite painful yeah. periods. I had um, I had really heavy periods back then. And obviously we knew nothing about it. It was just, you have heavy periods. That was just, yeah, yeah. you know, you didn't understand what it was telling you about your body. So I think, yeah, it's fantastic that there is this wealth of information. And certainly for me, when I was, um, uh, first pregnant I was quite I, had, I suffered quite badly from morning sickness mm. um, and I would lie in bed and I couldn't read I couldn't do anything and I'm somebody that doesn't I love my bed I love sleep but I don't I can't lie there in the middle of the day I like to be out and up um, and so it was quite you know I went through all these emotions of feeling guilty that I was mm. not working and you know it was, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic as well so there was all kinds of emotions going on um and you know days were passing I literally missed the summer but what I did have were podcasts mm. and you know and and listening to videos online and I just looked for anything inspirational and I listened to lots of um uh, Indian mantras and 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 beautiful sounds and actually in um um, in Ayurveda, we have something called Garb Sanskar, which is uh, this kind of idea of conscious conception and conscious nurturing of the baby. And you listen to different uh, instruments for different months to help kind of uh, uh, support the growth of the baby at that stage, which is really beautiful. So, I mean, you don't even have to, you know, uh, go in there with any kind of logic or or try to analyze it it's just this lovely intention of oh I'm doing this for the baby and that mm. that feels really good and and reassured me when I was feeling so rough and really you know having issues with what am I going to eat um and how when am I going to stop feeling like this I felt like I was at least doing something for myself which was like you know what my body needs rest it's telling mm. me to lie down Surrender. and I get to listen to these people talking about inspirational things so good yeah. for me and my baby yeah so let's get on to that in a bit I want to talk about your pregnancy and kind of how you navigated all of that I want to go back to what we spoke about in your bio um because you talk about remembering that we're from nature and coming back to nature and kind of moving back into more simple this more simplistic natural yes. way of living and I don't know about you, but for me in the past two years with everything that's happened, my community and I, we've been talking about the more we're pushed against what we feel is right for our bodies in terms of living closer to nature, the more we're almost pushed so far out of our comfort zones that we're coming back to this idea of living within community, growing our own. Yeah. And we've even spoken about the idea of if we do get pushed to that extent, that's what we'll do. We will go somewhere and create some sort of commune or something. Yeah. Sounds so far-fetched, but actually maybe, you know, we talk, I work with a very powerful, amazing South American shaman and his lessons are always, you know, 
and, and I've learned this in my own life from, you know, recovering from chronic illness and how sick I was that every adversity leads you. It has to get as bad as it gets to really yes. push you out of your comfort zone yes. in order to make you want to make a change. And then you're pushed to the change that leads you to where you're authentically meant to be. Yeah. So this idea of kind of bringing us closer to nature and living more simplistically, it is something that you do while also kind of, I guess, you know, conflating it with modern life. So I'd love for you to speak to that a little bit and, and how you manage that. Oh, so I'm, I'm in, I'm in a bit of a battle with myself about what I want. And it's, you know, interesting because it's the new year. And um, in January, I usually do a lot of intention setting and um, manifesting. That didn't happen so much this year. It was my intention to set intentions. Um, <laughs> but with the baby, nothing, nothing goes as, uh, as to plan. Um, but I, I was, I've been very lucky in the last couple of years. Um, I live very close by to two, three, four sets of very close friends. I mean, two sets of uh, close friends. You know, one was 10, 10 houses up the road until very recently. And the other one is three roads down. And um, we all have, we all have one foot in this kind of city living, the latest gadget uh, life. We're all self-employed. And we also have our own thing in wellness. One's a holistic makeup artist, nutritionist. The other one works with um, life blood analysis, et cetera. Um, and then I do what I do. And, and um, we're all feeling this massive pull to the land. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a conversation that started many, many years ago, but it's really ramped up. And uh, I find with my, my other half and I, we keep having these conversations of like, right let's just get rid of everything let's just live mm -hmm. simply let's just get a caravan let's go travel let's follow the sun and then the other part of me feels like oh I've just created this my dream home I feel mm -hmm. so safe in this area I feel like I've got a lovely community I don't have to get into a car to go anywhere I can literally just walk and walk and I you know I live in a very green borough having just having lived in um, central London for so long and not even having a window box, let alone a patch of ground. Um, Are you still and, in London? Uh, I'm just on the edge of London and Kent now. Uh, so, okay. so for some it's greater London and for some it's Kent. Yeah. You know, and it's an extremely privileged position to be in and uh, nothing's pushing me or, you know, I don't, I'm not having to uh, make decisions based on adversity or, or, or there's no crunch time. And that's kind of, tormenting me more because I'm a bit like which uh, is is this my gut speaking or is this the fear of overriding everything um because at the end of the day you know I have worries about EMF I've just been in Devon and the quality of my sleep was incredible um yeah. we went to see Nick's family over um over the festive holidays and um yeah, I mean, obviously, there's so many other factors playing into that. The silence, the 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 night sky, you know, complete darkness, you know, mm. only seeing the stars. But there is this feeling of um, being able to really ground down. And uh, yeah, I felt very settled. And then I come back to here, which is still, you know, it's urban. And there's this kind of feeling that I need to do, 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 do. Mm. And if I don't do... Will I still be able to earn? Will I, you know, the kind of job I have doesn't have any security, doesn't have a pension. You know, all those fears kind of come in. So completely gone off tangent, but how am I? How no, it's am I interesting. It's interesting where your thought process is going yeah. because you're literally mirroring my views. So yeah, 
So, and, and, the, and the beginning of lockdown, Nick and I were in shock. We actually had COVID, but we didn't really realise. Um, and just watched our inbox fill up with postponing, 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 and then cancelling, cancelling, cancelling. We realised where this was all going. And we're like, what are we going to do? We just got stuck into a veg patch and it was incredible. We, we, I've never felt so happy as to wake up in the morning and run down and see if my, if my green beans had, had gone up a little bit. <laughs> it's so silly, but we were really excited about it. And, to, and to see whether our latest contraption has stopped the snails, et cetera. And, um, and then within a month I was pregnant. And I think there's a lot in that. And actually when clearing yeah. out the bedrooms upstairs, I found this little, um, I said, Yogi T who did the, do the quotes on the tea oh, bag. Yeah, I love and it that. says, and I'd framed it and it said, life starts when you grow, when you start growing a garden. Mm. And that had been one of my tea bags. So I framed wow. it and it'd been up and then I've obviously forgotten about it over the last year. And then I found it again. And I thought, wow, gosh, there are these things that really, you know, um, I don't know. There is, there, there is so much we can get from time and space. And I think one of the upsides of the last two years and living through this time is that people have, people's priorities have changed. People have seen another side to themselves and to their family and to their work situation that they would never have been privy to before. Um, and I think, you know, talking to, um, uh, someone in their twenties recently, she said, a lot of her friends were saying they're excited to go back to the office and get back to work, but they're really sad that they can't make their lunch anymore. Mm. And I thought, I don't know if I'd have been thinking about that in my mid twenties, but it goes to show, you know, how these, these, you know, the younger generations are thinking in a much more holistic way. Mm. And it is sad that they can't do their lunch anymore. Not only was it saving them money, they knew what was going into it. They, they were involved in the prep and there is so much about that um, relationship with your food and, you know, lots of people say, throw out the books on food, just have a relationship with food. If you grow your food, suddenly it's a completely different energy that you're putting into your so meal. True, yeah. It's then becoming you. So I guess when I say I'm sharing with community, I try to share the things that I've discovered that work with work for me. And that is really feeling into the seasons, the moon, you know, and I'm not, I, you know, I couldn't tell you whether we're in waxing, waning, give us all, et cetera. But I have that calendar, you know, I have it on my calendar. Someone's just sent me the most beautiful moon calendar printout that's actually fallen down behind my bookcase. So I'm going to have to go in there. But these little reminders that, oh, my goodness, the moon is having an effect on me. It has an effect on my garden, it has an effect on us as a whole. In this region of the planet, we are affected by how much sunlight, how much moonlight mm. and the weather. And that makes me feel like I am bigger than I am. And it also makes me feel like my problems are so insignificant mm. in the greater scheme of things. So it's this kind of macro, micro... Um, push pull of myself with the planet and then that wonderful balance of just being a-okay with everything and I talk about that in in you know when I'm kind of teaching or giving an Ayurvedic overview of of, of what balance is it's that feeling of just being okay in and of yourself and mm -hmm. I think that's when you are attuned to your environment and nature I think that's it's we you know we all realize the difference that an open sky, um, a landscape and having greenery around us makes us feel. Mm, yeah, 
and and it's you know I speak to my my teacher a group course for women and um one of the modules well comes back we do a lot on like conscious menstruality and that kind of thing we talk about the seasons and getting out and grounding every day and for women that have never heard of that or never done that before I always hear the same thing I didn't realize what an impact nature has on me so they might take their kids to a playground or you know go for a look but they're not actually grounding themselves in what it actually feels like to be one with nature and I know that can come off sounding a bit wanky or whatever but we are it's this whole you know keep coming back to this word unicity the unicity between I'm not separate to you and you're not separate to the moon and the grass and the it's all one. And when we can kind of really acknowledge that, it makes you want to grow your own garden. And, yeah, you, you know, because I mean, I, I think Zach Bush, I'm a bit obsessed with Zach Bush. I love Zach. He's my, my king. <laughs> um, he, you know, uh, talking about the vibration of the food and how he really explains about how we're damaging the whole ecology of the planet. And by you know the herbicides and pesticides and antibiotics in the animals and in us and it's just having such a huge cumulative effect Mm. on fertility on absolutely everything Mm -hmm. and and you know he talks about it not being a an egocentric problem or a thing of like oh but I can't afford to eat organic or I have infertility issues it's it's a planet-wide global thing that we all have to play our part in whatever way we can, whatever way we can afford to, because, you know, it comes about down to consumer pressure as well when yeah. it comes to the food, right? And we all keep buying this stuff. It's, it's, it's taking away from the biodiversity of the planet and then therefore our health. And mm. I think it's such a, it's, it's just such a, 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 it's a much bigger issue than we're kind of thinking of it when, yeah. you know, you and I can sit here and talk about gardens that we want to plant and the rest of it, but it, God, it's so all encompassing. Yeah, I think it's, you know, when I've had tough times in my life or when people that I have worked with um, uh, one-on-one with, it's how to feel comfortable asking that why I have this label or this illness what is it asking of me then to do in the world? What what can I then do about that? If I'm suffering from infertility, if I'm suffering from digestive issues, if I'm suffering from heavy metals, uh, toxicity in my body, mm. you know, I mean, I've worked with so many people who've, or, or I've had messages from so many people who said, oh, you've, you know, this has been amazing or sound baths have, have, have saved me during X, Y, Z. And, um, and I, I don't know some of these people personally, so I, I, I pull back on saying anything, but I really want to say, honestly, the beginning of, of this journey, like you're going to look back and you'll, if you could treat the journey as your exploration or your, your purpose or give, to give you a, a focus point in where you're heading, you know, then because, you know, when you're not ready to hear that, that can be really upsetting and further damaging. Yeah. But, um, you know, really how I ended up in what I'm doing is because I had niggles. And when I look back, I had, you know, proper digestive you know, issues. I had eczema. Um, I had uh, hay fever. I had an asthma attack when I was 18 after having bronchitis, not really looking after myself. Um, and I used to have this feeling of kind of cling film. I used to call it cling film over my eyes, you know, and, and like a brain fog or couldn't focus properly, even though my eyesight was 20-20. 
Um, and I also had this wonderful opportunity to have a lot of home cooked meals by my mother, who's Filipino. Mm. Um, and a lot of it was very soupy and very stewy and very comforting. And so as I progressed into my adult, um, into my teens and 20s and started to eat a lot of the fast and convenient foods, I felt the difference. Yeah. And that's where, that's how I ended up finding out about Ayurveda and finding out about um, more traditional cultures and our relationship with food. And then that further went into Ayurveda and digestion, how we digest um, our experiences, how we digest our food makes this final product which is ever evolving because you're constantly experiencing things and you're constantly eating things um but yeah if we could understand that everything that we do you know and you know there are times when you leave the tap running there are times when you do mm. very uneco things but if we all shifted our um if we all shifted our overall intention about how we tread on this earth and how we communicate with others, you know, into this bigger picture and see it as part of, you know, like sometimes I find it helpful to think about a, a horrid situation I'm in as how I'm going to feel about it in a year's time or two years time. Mm. And I read something in a book once and it said, um, you know, we've all been there heartbreak, um, been been uh, you know dropped by a friend from an almighty height, been embarrassed, ridiculed, you know, ex experienced horrible things that have taken over our entire body and made us shake, made our gut flip. Try and write five or ten of them down now. Yeah, and I almost can't because I've processed a lot of them. There's still stuff to process, but I've mm. processed, you know, the bulk of a lot of those things that have happened in the last 10, 20 years. Um, and so that really helps me at a time when I feel like the whole world's gone wrong. And now I want to take it out on everything that I'm seeing and doing. It really helps me have perspective, I think. Yeah. Just to see the big picture. I wish we were taught more of this at school, you know. know. Emotional um, intelligence needs oh, to be something they teach in school. So much, so much stuff they need to be teaching. I know. I was speaking not. to uh, my friend Jackie uh, the other day and she said she spoke to her, was talking to one of her grandchildren who said, um, you know, my brother wakes me up early sometimes, you know, and um, she said, well, what do you do? And she said, well, I, um, I, I, I do the, the mindfulness recordings on YouTube. And my, and my friend Jack was like, oh, that's amazing. Who taught you to do that? She's like, you, Granny. Oh. You know, and she didn't even realise that, you know, that one little conversation yeah. that she had that she'd forgotten about had had such an impact on her six-year-old granddaughter that yeah. when she gets woken up by her baby brother, she can do these mindfulness um, uh, videos, which is, which I, where I guess, technology I guess they, does play its part. It does, it does. And, it, and you know, and you know this is another thing you know I'm, I'm at that age now where I, where myself and my other half go they don't make music like they used to right <laughs> and, and all the things that as a teenager like, oh god you know to your parents and you know elders and so it's not we don't want to shut stuff down we don't want to get rid of technology we don't is that how can we put the two and two together because one is an incredible invention you know and we are humans and you know it's our creativity but is it used for for good or is it used for bad you know mm. how is it being used how are we consuming it how are we balancing it out with other stuff if we're not if we're not barefoot grounding you know on a patch of grass right and then we've got all this other stuff going on it's it's 
you know, our bodies are going to get pulled in a direction we don't want them to go. Right. It's, there's so much nuance to it. You, you mentioned EMFs before. I'm massive on EMFs. And we're, that, I think I told you before, we're decorating, we're renovating a new house and the, we're doing the whole house really low EMF. Um, anti-blue lighting and just, and it's been a real opportunity to say, right, we're, we're doing this new house. We're literally ripping everything out and doing it from scratch. How can we make it? Okay, so we are living in this urban environment. Like you said, we're also, because so we're the other side, we're Northwest London, kind of on the border of Hertfordshire. So how can we take where we are living and also make it as close to nature as we can? So, you know, like you say, there's nothing like getting out onto the ground barefoot. Now I have my feet on a grounding mat right now. Is it the same as going? No, you know, when I, if and what, not if, but you know, when I can get outside, I get outside. Meanwhile, I also do work, you know, for most of the day. So I yeah. do what I can to kind of mitigate the effects of technology by using technology, like yes. the grounding mat yes. and like my blue light blocking glasses and whatever it may be. So there are ways to always mitigate it. And I think that's where it comes, our own responsibility and us taking ownership for our own well-being. Is, yeah. it's where that comes into play and I think that's something that we we need to speak about a lot more yeah um and that's something I've always spoken about quite a lot about you know us indiv- each individual person taking responsibility mm. for their own well-being and that of yes. their children as opposed to waiting for the state to tell you what to do the doctors yes. to tell you what to do the government yes. to tell you what to do the pharmaceutical companies to tell you what to do it has to be yeah. even the food companies mm-hmm. and if we think about it on an even deeper level well, big tech are kind of telling us what to do with all the cookies and all the adverts oh, and yes. things coming our way. We have to find a way to mitigate that. Yeah. And we have to have the strength to be pioneers, you know, mm-hmm. even though I, I, I imagine, Lauren, the people that we follow and inspire us are so far ahead, you know, right. um, but within, you know, maybe our families and friendship groups, we are the ones that are a bit wacky and we have to be wacky because, if I even look back into the last 12 years of doing what I'm doing in this space, the things, you know, I was talking about, uh, so we were writing, I was writing Hemsley Hemsley, uh, The Art of Eating Well in, in 2013, 14. And I remember having a conversation with my agent then who didn't want the word gut to be used in it. Wow. And to me, that was such a normal world, it, word. It'd been, you know, yeah. it'd been something I talked freely about within my with my clients and everything for the last five years and so I kind of I had to you know have a take a step back and think okay she's the expert she knows what the audience what people are going to be talking about and then I thought how can I talk about food and not gut I just couldn't understand it she's thinking bowels and bowel movements which again actually is is really part and parcel of it but um so we had a compromise you know we brought the gut in Two years later, you know, every everything was mentioned the yeah. gut. Every there's a gut diet here, gut diet there, and this still is. And you know, so uh, people who have who are on a, a wellness journey for a, you know some kind of debilitating issue they have, you know, it's I hope they can find strength to move forward with what's working for them because I bet you a little piece of what's working for them would do so many of us so much good, you know, just being more conscious of what's in our food, you know, looking about, uh, you know, just even it's indoor air quality, et cetera. So unsexy, so un, so intangible. You can't, if you can't, you know, even right. smell it, let alone see it. Um, how are you supposed to be bothered by it? Right. Well, and, I just- you know, I remember there's, I've got an old sofa behind me. So there's loads of junk in here from renovating, but I've got a, an old sofa picked up from the um, side of the street and it, 
and I went to I asked to have it upholstered at the local place and like it's a grand and I was thinking no <laughs> and it's just literally just the um the seat part it's not kind of all the intricate back and arms and everything it's just the the seat part and I thought I could do that with a, a staple gun and then I looked at the foam that goes inside it yeah and the only way to get foam that's non-toxic is in a baby mattress mm-hmm. which obviously comes this big for everyone else that stuff is off-gassing into our right. space well there are there are companies that do non-toxic I, I looked at coir I looked at there's horsehair and coir I haven't really found anything oh I guess not so much foam so we've just bought latex mattresses organic latex mattresses yeah Yeah. um it's such a minefield it's such a minefield and you feel you feel even bringing it up in front of some people about oh for goodness sake because they think you're looking for you know by looking for organic or looking for non-toxic you're looking for the stuff that comes in a cashmere wrapper you know that you're looking for the ultimate in luxury when actually you're just trying to avoid the stuff that does you no favors right and and also say again there's so much of that that we just don't realize so these things you know my husband is is very much on board with you know our lifestyle over the 11 and a half years we've been together slowly slowly he's been indoctrinated (laughs) Um, we recently did an episode together which um has been really interesting really popular because people are interested in how he came to this um but he does get to the point he's like where does it stop Lauren yes where does it stop because it's but I say there's certain things that I'll compromise on and certain things I won't so Mm -hmm. the off-gassing in the mattresses of the flame retardant Mm -hmm. stuff that they spray on it Mm -hmm. not compromising that for my children to spend 12 hours of their day breathing that in so like you say it's the intangible stuff so we have the summer vedic i don't know if you've heard of the summer yes yes i haven't got one but i've read all about it yes oh it's brilliant so um so actually the 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 episode after yours is with the guy the the ceo of summer vedic and we talk about emfs and um so we've had one for a while and daniel often looks at it and goes how do we know if it's doing anything and this is the thing you know you don't in your logical pragmatic human brain Mm. maybe but I think the heart knows that we need to be doing a lot more to mitigate the effects of modern living. And for me, things like the summer Vedic and buying these, you know, non-toxic mattresses Mm -hmm. and pillows and Mm -hmm. the stuff we're really breathing in. Yeah. It's important. And the evidence around it, I mean, it's so overwhelming. I mean, the links to sudden infant cot death we've known about forever. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the vapors that are coming off and the child is sweating into that and, you know, and it's, you know we know about low voc paints now and all these things but because it hasn't become mainstream commercial for many people it doesn't exist it's hocus pocus right exactly and it's more expensive and it's more expensive so you've got all this overwhelming science about why this actually shouldn't be in your home Mm. but because people lobby for it which is all about money and power Mm. and because the newspapers don't cover it we think it doesn't exist Right. And it's a shame because, you know, intelligent people are spending hard earned money on things that are actually not good for their mental or physical or spiritual well-being. And that's that's a shame. And that's why I think it's amazing that um, source of information like your podcast exists, like blog posts, like newsletters. You know, it's if you're kind of intrigued by someone who's into no dig permaculture gardening 
and they start talking about their inner air quality, you know, you, you listen in. Yeah. You might not sign up for an inner air quality podcast necessarily, but just from being inspired by other people, you know, that's our, our foot in and, um, and right. then we get to learn more, which is, you know, why I, I, I'm, I'm not just cookbook focused these days because I realised that the food you eat is such an important part of your well-being. But honestly, if you are eating it when you're angry, late at night, it's being made in a factory with no prana, with, you know, uh, uh, or under slave conditions, like a lot of the chocolate that we consume is, you know, it's not bringing you what you need. It's not raising your vibration. It's not giving you life force energy um, and you aren't digesting it properly. And therefore you're not breaking it down into the building blocks to rebuild your body every day. Um, and that's why I got into, uh, I guess I wasn't calling it mental health back then. It was more like, wow, change my energy state. You know, mm. I'm, I, I can go from feeling super angry and or irritated or defeated to feeling like, no, I've got this. I'm fine. You know, this is all good. It's all part and parcel. So, um, but yeah, with the, you know, at the moment, I've just decided not to upholster it. But I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm still looking and I'm, I'm still keeping my eyes open. But for those who can afford it and for those who have made it a priority, we are voting with our money and mm -hmm. we are saying that this is what we want and while you've got you've got companies greenwashing or jumping onto bandwagons the more we become aware and the, the more we question the brands the, the the more the competition steps in the right direction right which exactly. is the well-being of our planet and for ourselves yeah um, it's that consumer pressure it comes back to it and, and i think you've just hit the nail on the head because a lot of people might be listening going but i can't afford it so but it's for those who can afford to, or with what money you have to make different choices to make what choice can you make with what you yeah. do have to make a more positive impact on the planet because we might not be able to afford all the things we want to do to be as healthy as we can but we can make those little choices that will contribute to the well-being of the planet our, our health is dependent on the health of the planet yeah so let's I mean, go back in sorry no go I, on. and I have to just add one more thing when I was researching about this Lauren can you believe that Fire retardants, I hope I've got this right because I'm saying it, but I was reading that the fire retardants have not even been proven to reduce the rate of fire. Yeah. Or the flammability of the product. Yeah, I've so heard our, that as well. Yeah. Our sofas and our our mattresses and our whatever soft furnishings that we have are treated with fire retardants that are not even proven to actually, I think, slow the rate at which they become flammable. Um, and I remember Let's set I them on fire and test it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I moved into this, this house, I remember they left, they um, said, oh, we've got uh, someone, a removal person coming to take a load of stuff to the dump. And I said, oh, what are you taking to the dump? And we've got two, two bed frames up there and a sofa. And I said, oh, leave them, leave them. I'll sort them out. So I couldn't bear that they're just going to go to the dump. Um, we ended up keeping uh, one of the bed frames. The other bed frame went to a friend and the sofa I loved, but we already had a sofa. So we kept it for a bit. And then I tried to, um, take it to a charity shop but because it didn't have a fire retardant sticker yeah. on it they wouldn't take it yeah I know yeah and right. all the curtains and I was like well what's going to happen to this stuff I could at least um I just advertised it and someone came and picked it up but um but yeah we you know that's why I do a lot not only am I a massive fan of secondhand and vintage and mm -hmm. um I studied furniture and product design when I was younger so I love to renovate and do things um you know I try to show that you can pick these things up for for free on Gumtree and with a bit of, you know, with a bit of a cleanup, it's lovely. 
and you know my friend is looking for a, a non-toxic sofa and we we scoured and i think in 2015 a lot of places like ikea started stopped using a lot of the flamm flammable um treatments but i said look at this point you're better off getting um, a secondhand sofa that's already off gassed mm. you know that the, yeah. the, the vapors have diminished you know and and so that's where she's looking yeah um for a fraction yeah, of the price idea. as well so when if, if sofas get understand that that's what the public want they will address that it, it begs that question where we could go really deep we won't but it why are they treating it with stuff that's actually not pre preventing a worse fire why is all this stuff being put on someone's trying to sell someone and... something somewhere you know right someone's and making then, a lot of money someone's making a lot of money and then meanwhile you as a manufacturer you want to cover yourself insurance wise and someone said that this is flame retardant stuff and so they whacked it on the stuff and you know yeah. um even like looking for uh moth repellent carpets you know sounds amazing or, or stain resistant carpets but they are treated with chemicals that you don't really want to be doing your downward dogs on or letting yeah. your children crawl on it's yeah you know there's a lot out there that's not the same you know you, you think oh my grandparents smoked and drank until and you know until their 80s or 90s but they don't have perhaps the same level of frantic uh no. you know they weren't doing the same amount of stuff in their day right and they weren't exposed to some of the chemicals that we are exposed to i think there's some i, I don't even know what the the number is but the crazy amount it's in our homes from the, all yeah. the myriad of cleaning products. Yeah, which what about in our water be... system as well? Yes, it just goes. It, to top it's it. funny you said that because my father-in-law said to me the other day, because obviously we're I, he sees me as being quite extreme, <laughs> and we're living with them at the moment. Um, and he said, "Well, what about?" He was speaking about Daniel's grandfather. He's ninety-six, and he's never had. He's never done this. He's never. And, and so I said to him, okay, well, just like I always try to explain to you that there is nuance with everything there is with yeah. this as well. So when he was growing up, all food was organic. It wasn't labeled organic. It didn't yeah. need to be. It was just organic. It mm -hmm. wasn't grown using glyphosate. And, you know, th there was no crap in the water and they ate what there was and they ate per the seasons. And it was and they difficult weren't to eating. overeat as well. It was difficult. He, you know, grew up in the world. in the system. Exactly. You know, he wasn't eating like, guavas from jamaica in february mm -hmm. so you know and um and i explained about the water that he'd been drinking i said so probably maybe for half of his life the water that he's been drinking has has been toxic but if you think that babies being born now are having that from day dot from yeah. the very beginning they're not going to make it to 96 like mm. he did if we as parents don't make changes Absolutely. So just think, you know, when people go, well, he's smoked and he did, there's so much more to it. Yeah, yeah. They also spend a lot more and time there outdoors. Are, there is always a balance, you know, there is, you know, for some people, the occasional cigarettes relaxes them. So there's, there's, you know, where we label something in Ayurveda, they said, you know, there is no good and there's no bad. The dose makes the medicine or the poison. True. And so we know that, um, People have used smoke to, you know, incense, et cetera, to uh, kill off the airborne bacteria in the room. And, you know, as well as it being ceremonial and scent and things. And, um, you know, you've got people who like say smoke tobacco until, you know, 
what age, but what's in with tobacco now and how right, is it being exactly. used? And is it part of an anxious, you know, is it causing further anxiety? Is, is it, do you rely on a cigarette to pass a stool? You know, there's, right. there's again, nuanced, you know, so. Yeah. Well, because not... tobacco has been used as plant medicine in yeah. South America in its natural form for many years and mm-hmm. can help in, with many things, but yeah. And you see people who smoke and they roll, they, you know, they make their own cigarettes to just Mm. bypass a lot of the added um, chemicals that are used. But um, I love it. We've covered periods, sofas, tobacco. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Have we we actually spoken about anything that's there? But no, I think we have. (laughs) But not on the list. (laughs) We, you've mentioned about your cookbooks before and, um, and that you're kind of going away from that a little bit. So um, I think probably most people listening will have an idea of the kind of thing you do. And, you know, you had all these amazing cookbooks. So I'd like to go into a bit more about what you're, <clears throat> what you're doing now. But one thing I always really admired about you, <clears throat> excuse me, is that when you came into this wellness world, it was very much with a, a very different view of how everyone else in wellness was doing it. It wasn't the raw vegan it, it was this, like, like you say, these nourishing, warm, very different to how everyone else was doing it. And I love that because I'm all about kind of, be, as you said, be the pioneer, you know, and it, we, it has to come from a place of intuition. So where are you taking that now, you know, kind of moving away from the cookbooks? Mm. Um, thank you for your kind words as well, Lauren. Um, yeah, not so much moving away from the food, but it's it's now one part of so many other parts and it was you know uh, it was you know I remember trying to have this breakthrough of what Hemsey and Hemsey was and lots of people you know were very much into the vegan raw super colorful super beautiful to 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 the eye food that was very exciting and they kept saying oh you know um we want to open a smoothie bar with you. I said, oh, look, you know, I think smoothies have got their, their place, but that's a, such a small fraction of, of what we are. So what are you? And the more that we explain what we are, the more it's like, oh, so you're food. So it's really difficult to label what it was. It wasn't paleo. It wasn't vegan. It wasn't vegetarian. Um, it wasn't raw. It wasn't even healthy sometimes because people are like, but you eat butter, you know, Um well, butter it, is healthy in the right. Yeah, form. but, but for, for many, I, mean, I remember once at a party, actually, a journalist following me around saying, you know, so, so you know, so, so, so tell me what's wrong with butter? And I, I said to him, I, I, I don't know. I've, I would ask you the same question. What's wrong with butter? Super confused him because in his head, I was vegan or dairy right. free at the very least because dairy free is healthy. Um, so, yeah, there was me trying to promote big bowls of brown food. <laughs> <laughs> you know overcooked food to so many what do you know because when you cook something you're you're breaking it down so that's even more digestible by yourself which is which is so important especially if your digestion is in any way compromised um and so that definitely wasn't as sexy as all this colorful raw you know vibrant looking food uh but yeah how did I go into how what was the question <laughs> No, so kind of where are you taking that now? Because I know you're uh, not. So are you still working with your sister at all? We Well, we haven't really since the cafe went last year. So yeah. our, our beautiful cafe, Hems and Hems itself, yeah. is, did so well. And then just... In I ate the, there many times. Oh, Laura. <laughs> yeah. I, the only reason I'm not sad is that we had four and a half great years out yeah. of it. And when I see people who opened just before or during, they, I just... Yeah. <gasps> man it's hard work 
you know, mm. you know, we start, I started off catering basically was how I took what was my, my passion and Nick's passion and our inspiration into this, um, into, uh, into a more commercial route was, was basically via privately cooking for people in the beginning. And it's, it's such hard work and there is not a lot of money in good food. You know, they don't have the, if you want to make money, it's coffee and alcohol. You know, <laughs> they're the big margins. Um, working with food that's fresh directly with, with, with suppliers who could have had terrible weather and their crop, you know, um, is delayed or God forbid failed, you know, it, it, it was really tough. And, um, I've forgotten the question again. I'm just having so many, uh, <laughs> Sorry, having so many recollections lazy, of things yeah. that happen. But yeah, no, just to kind of, so, if you're still working with your sister and where no, you're so taking not, it no, now. No, not and... since that's kind of happened. So she's doing, she's doing her thing. I'm doing mine. And for me, I, I knew, I almost knew it wasn't just about the food. So when we got various offers to take this into, into a much bigger space, I felt that there was so much that I couldn't say with the first two cookbooks. And I was definitely heading, you know, it was very much more functional medicine, but every time I looked at, you know, I was watching what's happening with functional medicine, it was really coming back to the ancient wisdom, mm. you know, traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, um, which is, which is that it's so nuanced. It's so interconnected. Mm. It's so complex, yet it's so simple. Mm. And we have all of this knowledge inside of us. But because of the things that we've been exposed to, that we've read, that we've been taught, we have unlearned what we might intuitively know. And because things are presented to us like guavas from Jamaica in February in a shop where we're told this is where you get your food, mm. we, we literally can't see the wood for the trees. And, mm. and we are constantly in this day and age, as you said, with the cookies um, and the analytics and the algorithms we are being fed and living in our own echo chamber of what we happen to click like on mm. or have a conversation about or whatever my phone has heard me speaking about, which is so spooky and scary. Mm, really um, and so we, we can't intuitively feed into things because so much else is taking up noise and space, being noisy and taking up space in our lives. So that's why I'm also pairing it back and why I think, you know, I do things like the cleanse and reset, like a three-day very simple diet of nourishing food where we kind of start saying this is what we're focusing on for these three days um and 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 this need for a bit more space you know pushing out this need to fill my every waking moment with a screen or with you know even podcasts that just can be information overload you know i go yeah. on um i go on information sabbaticals a lot of the time and actually since having the baby i've a part of me thinks that, oh my goodness, I've missed out on so much learning. And the other part of me thinks, you know, I just need to, I can't take on any more than I have. It's just going to. Right. Our brains are overloaded. With overloaded. And, and, you know, even our senses, just, just so much going on. Too many essential oils, too many, too many things to look at, too many, you know, wellness tools. It can just be too much. That's another thing, actually, because it, it's funny because my, um, someone I know asked me the other day you know my my daughter's got a temperature what homeopathic remedy can I give her and I was like well what's the temperature and she said it was at 38.9 and I said 
said it right said it right it I, I don't even use her and I'm a big fan of homeopathy but even mm. homeopathy I'd use ben, belladonna for a really high temperature but even that with my kids I only ever use it if the temperature gets to like 40 just yes. to help make them a bit more comfortable I believe yes. the fevers are really really important yeah um for the body um so upgrades Absolutely. That you'll always see something different in the baby after in, or in yes. the child after a fever, but it's the body's way of burning through the illness so it can yes. get rid of it more effectively. Yes. And then you notice that it doesn't come back. Whereas yes. when we suppress it with antipyretics, yes. it, it's suppressing it back down into the system. Yes. So, but you know, like you were saying, too many essential oils. I love essential oils, but that's the thing. It's just too much. So even with homeopathy, if the body's trying to do something, yesterday yeah. I didn't feel 100%. My husband was like, why aren't you drinking back? Because we take a lot of um, liposomal vitamin C. Yes. I was like, I actually don't want to. Like if something's coming out, I just want to let it come out. Yes. And see what happens. Um, yes. If I really don't feel well and I need that support, then I'll support my body with vitamin C and elderberry syrup and homeopathy and, you know, whatever other tools. Mm. But actually I just had an Epsom salt bath with no essential oils. <laughs> yeah actually isn't and, that uh, funny I mean I remember when I was um you know because I was I had an Ayurvedic uh practitioner who was supporting me in my pregnancy and I also have my homeopath mm. and they both checked in what are you taking at the moment because we don't want you know even though people laugh at homeopathy because it's like you know what do you mean it's an absolutely diluted um uh, it's a frequency of you know and then you've got the the, the ayurveda that's a bit of herb or a bit of spice mm. but yeah too much too much uh, yeah. signals too yeah. much information for the body um and i remember a uh, a friend who's very much into crystals like being a bit shocked that someone else she knew had asked for and at the baby shower for everyone to bring a crystal and so the child's around the child's baby crib was just covered in crystals and all those energies and frequencies playing into yeah. each other, it was almost an overload for the baby. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we can, again, it's about balance. And again, it's it's not consuming our way to right, exactly. and to spirituality. Um, some of us, you know, if you look at people who literally sit down with nothing to connect with themselves, mm -hmm. other people need a tool like, you know, mm -hmm. if I'm, especially if I'm, feeling particularly stressed or distressed, you know, or overwhelmed, you know, using essential oils in a, in an air diffuser or burning mm. some incense is the ritual I need to change the energy to say right now we're in the evening, especially right. when you're working from home, I've shut the laptop, I've dimmed the lights. We are into the next phase of my evening. And this is a phase where it's about family mm. and about grounding down and getting ready for a good night's sleep. So those are the tools and, and, and we're so lucky that we have or can access them now. We don't need all of them and you no. don't have to have them. And in fact, even my meditation has pretty much gone out the window since having the baby just because of time. But because I can, because I've meditated so much, I just have to even say the word and I could just feel my whole body right onto it it's gone into my muscle memory yeah and like and you said you do like 30 seconds of breath work even something yeah. some yeah. sound anything to, like you say to change the frequency to change the energetic vibration of the room and sometimes that is needed so that's why we have the tools but you know like you say using them within having them in your toolkit yeah also just coming back to the that knowing that remembering that our bodies have this innate wisdom and they don't always need any external forces to help mm -hmm. bring them back to that grounding. 
Um, what, so talk to me about the cleanse and reset. Is that something you teach? Is that something you offer? Is it just something? So you it's on my sell? website. It's a free. It's um, it's something that I did every time I needed a little kind of reset in terms of too much chocolate. I'd got back into the decaf coffees, you know, on the way to the station, um, where my my sleep has gone to, from you know 10 o'clock bedtime to 11 to half 11 to 12 mm-hmm. where I was just getting into the habits that you know were quite social but weren't supporting me so I do this at the beginning of the season change because I feel like that's the time when there's a lot going on anyway environmentally mm-hmm. you know the qualities of your environment are changing from you know uh, uh, the heat from the sunshine and the long days to suddenly the darkness coming in the cold the roughness of, you know, it changes from a smooth to a rough feeling. Um, the leaves are falling to the trees. I find that my, I, I, I go down a little bit. I depress and then mm. I feel like the lights kept me going and maybe kept me going unnaturally. Mm. Um, you know, light makes you feel joyous. You stay up really late at night. You start having later dinners and then suddenly all that's taken away from you and the darkness starts to come in. And I, I really struggle at that time. So that's a time I, I do the cleanse and reset and I make it about um, reconnecting with that season change and all that it's got to offer. And then I find myself in the middle of autumn thinking, this is lovely. Look at the, yeah. of the trees and embracing right. jumpers and surrender you know, to where hats. you are. And then again, between autumn and winter, winter and spring. And then I also do one that's kind of the new year, which is obviously, um, you know, the, 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 the human, you know, Western creation of this right. first of January calendar date. Um, and usually by then I'm just so full of mince pies. It's just, <laughs> it's just lovely to eat a bowl of, you know, dal and rice and have, make myself golden milks and smell the spices. And uh, I, I really get back into kind of, when I say yoga, I usually mean rolling around on the floor going, oh, um, <laughs> and, you know, maybe looking for a new bit of breath work or something to inspire me and, uh, having a little clear up you know it's just basically anything that brings me closer to my inner world and that kind of reconnection but primarily it looks like a lovely little easy food plan and and people usually come out of it going wow I've just found my new go-to recipe and I'm gonna do this every weekend because it actually mitigates my late night dinners in the week and all the things I have to do for work and I guess three days is really doable as well. So it's not yeah, I mean, I do. People. I normally do it Saturday to Monday because people mm. need, you know, they're doing it for the first time. But actually, you can do it Friday. You can do it any three days. You yeah. can do it for a day. You can do it for a meal. So you just sign up, and it's free. You get the link and um, all the information that you need, the shopping list, and um, maybe some seasonal inspiration for what vegetables to look for. Uh, and then I usually do it, and I. I post every now and again what I'm doing on Instagram for anyone that's watching and I do. Yeah, because I saw one of your cleansing resets. Was it, was it a bowl of stewed apples with cinnamon or something yes, like that? Yes, yeah, yes. So this is gorgeous. a great thing to have first thing in the morning. It's yeah. very tonifying on the bowels. Um, and yeah, I feel it just, it's, it's it kind of, uh, yeah, it, uh, it's a lovely fresh way to start but then another way to start if you're feeling like you just need a a, a hug and a mug is the golden milk yeah. and then on the days you wake up thinking oh, i could eat a horse you just have <laughs> a big steaming bowl of kachari so you kind of tailor it to how you're feeling with those three recipes amazing i love that um and i love that it kind of all your i actually once took your um the dosha test the quiz, dosha yeah. quiz yeah. yeah because um i love all those kind of ancient philosophies of 
knowing your body, like knowing yourself truly. And I'm, I'm big on this. I, I, I have a module in my course called Core Essence, where we go into a series of exercises that really gets the women to, to just help them know who they are at their core so they can live their life based on their own code. Um, and I like how the doshas do that as well. So and you eat kind of based on, yes. I don't actually remember what, what mine were now, but um, it's very interesting. And I, I love how kind of the food you cook is very much about that. Yes, yes. Mm. So the food primarily is about seasonal and digestibility, and then you can tweak it to see mm. how you're feeling. So for example, you know, as you go into colder weather, all of us could usually use a bit more fats in our, in our diet. Yeah. Um, but it also helps you to understand yourself. I understand why I've got ridges in my nails. You know, even though I take care of my hands, my other half, who is more tridoshic, he's got an equal mixture. He hasn't got a ridge in sight and he's really rough with his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps me to explain why I come out of the shower and I feel so crispy and dry and need loads of oils. And then I have friends who are more kaffir, they're more luscious skinned. And the idea of putting oil on their already lush skin feels actually quite greasy and mm-hmm. clogging. You know, so we really begin to understand ourselves. And then obviously I have times in the year when my very cold self is very hot whether it's hot-headed because of the situation I'm in or just because it's middle of the summer and therefore my needs change mm. in order to balance out that environment or how I'm feeling internally. So mm. it's a, I think it's a really beautiful way to experience yourself and your environment. And by, you know, by, by nature of it being a description of what's going on, you kind of say, well, I need the opposite then to bring the balance. So you become your own master of your yourself, which I think is really the aim of it all, isn't it? Yeah. Is the quiz still on your website? Yes. Yep. Awesome. You, so that's I think if you go to the website on the front page, you, you can sign up straight away to the newsletter. Then you get um, um, the link to the cleanse and reset and then you yeah, get prompted for the dosha quiz. Awesome. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes. Um, Thank you. I just I do want to touch quickly on motherhood because obviously it's such a big part of your life now um and just I'd love for you to just tell us about the stuff you did to prepare your body in pregnancy um the things you're doing now that you find really helpful in motherhood things you're kind of noticing that um are helping you keep closer to nature you know in parenting in parenting um what am I doing? So I am doing, I guess I'm, I'm co-sleeping mm. and breastfeeding. Um, it's been 11 months now. Um, How are you finding breastfeeding? How was your journey? Uh, last that? two days has been hard work, uh, but there are days when I just think, oh my goodness, this is so easy. I don't want it to stop. It's so lovely and delicious. But I've had, I, I had those days in the early days when I was thinking, how do I get to day seven? I don't right. know. And then, um, and then the last couple of days, she's biting on them and oh, yeah. and <laughs> loving, squeezing and tweaking and pulling at my skin. Which That's is awful, isn't it? A little bit <laughs> sore. Um, and also because these those babies' nails never stop growing. It's a constant battle to keep them short. And also if you, you don't round them off, I get the kind of hook of the nail in my chest. Yeah. Um but I'm finding that lovely because I was thinking the other day, yesterday evening, she actually fell and hit her mouth and I couldn't oh. see where the blood was coming from but I could tell it wasn't a lot and she just went straight on the boob yeah remedy everything feed. with booby yeah yeah popped up <laughs> like okay who's gonna entertain me now you know <laughs> and I was thinking gosh I don't know how what I would do if I didn't have you know the breast to to soothe her yeah um I'm doing a lot of 
we baby carry, which is why there's a, a push a push chair just sitting there, not ever getting used. We baby carry. Um, I hold her when I cook. Most people will say that's really dangerous, but she's so inquisitive about what mm. you're doing. And um, and my mom, my poor mother, is just like, you're so lax, Jasmine. And, you know, she could have an accident. But I find that, you know, I'm, I'm really inspired by Tony Riddle, the natural yeah, life yeah, stylist, yeah, yeah. and his uh, four children who I know well. And just the, how empowered they feel and how they make the little mistakes themselves mm. and therefore they don't have to find themselves in, you know, situations where they're, they're too scared to do something because they might fall off. And, but they also know their limits. You know, this is I'm not yeah. going to be jumping off this because that is more than I can do. And I, I'm really inspired by the work he does with his kids. Yeah. My, um, my son used to go to forest school with his kids. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, forest school is the dream. I think. Oh, it's me. such a we're we're having such a battle with this because I just obviously I work and I you know we were talking about this before we started recording, but and I love what I do. So um, for me, homeschool full time, you know, like how Tony does it, yeah, just yeah. isn't isn't an option. Not just because of the time, but I also know myself and I know yeah. what I am able to provide, and yeah, yeah. um, and it's not in me to that extent. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I believe in it and I think it's amazing and, and our friends run the local forest school where I actually met Tony and um, it, it's amazing but there are no forest schools that are open like four days a week no. so there's there's nothing in between mainstream school and homeschooling mm-hmm. and my friends I have a lot of friends who homeschool and they're you know one day they're at forest school and then the next day they're doing a dance class in the morning a science class in the afternoon so it's very much you are the chauffeur you are the the taker of the children to yes. the places to do their learning and to do their you ferry them you know, around and and that's and just not part of my purpose and what yes. I so like where is the balance but I have a yeah. friend who's just opened in Ibiza an incredible like alternative school that comes back to kind of um conflating all the you know Montessori Steiner forest school kind of into one child learning and there's just nothing like that here no. and I just wishing for it we have to, to make it lauren we have to make I know, it well, i've got another friend do it, trying to organize something similar here um so i can only hope that that happens and we kind of have that option but yeah otherwise we'll have to do it <laughs> well lauren i also have a friend trying to do something similar here oh, and really? although i'm on the other side of london to you you know let's hope that there's lots of friends trying to do something similar and right. that you know parents that want this option can access this option because yeah. i think there is yeah, we need to shake up the way we educate our children and or and and indoctrinate or condition them. I mean, we're always conditioning our children. We can't help it. We we put our belief systems on them. But um, yeah, just for children to be a bit more wild, a bit more free, a bit Absolutely. more in tune with themselves, and to have access to things that are you know outside of this academic structure. Um, I think we will see a lot a lot more children thrive. Yeah, I hope so. I really hope so. It feels very much, um, I'm intuitively very much drawn to it all the time and, and feel just not just not feeling aligned with my son mm. being in mainstream school and mm-hmm. knowing that he needs something more and he needs yeah. to be back to That year he was in forest school, he was thriving. Wow. He was absolutely thriving and it was just another level. Anyway, let's let's hope that we can work towards something like that. Well, keep me, keep me informed with anything you find out, Lauren, and I'll let you know as well. I absolutely will, yeah. 
Okay, so to wrap up, I always do my all about you round. So just some rapid fire questions, I basically. I'm horrendous at these, but try me. Oh, okay. no. Okay. <laughs> so I probably should have sent them your way first. So you can think about them. I always wonder whether I should do that, but some people love the surprise. Okay, so the first one is always the same, which is a fill in the blank of well-being is. See, this is why I'm so terrible at these things. Well-being is. Well, you've said it so many times. On I know, but what would, the, what would the one word be? It doesn't have to be a word. Could be a could be a sentence. Well-being comes from the heart. Okay, that is true. That's lovely. Um, which one person has made the biggest impact on your life and why? Oh gosh, so many teachers, so many people. But I'm just going to say my partner Nick. No, oh. I'm very grateful that we've been on this journey together. It's been an incredible support and inspiration. Oh, a book that's changed your life. I don't know, but the first book that came up was the Mahabharata. I like to think of it as a storybook that's got everything in it, and I can't wait to dive back in there. But it's the, it's the good versus bad. It's the, it's an epic tale, and I don't want to say too much about it, but I think it's one worth reading. Amazing. I'll put that down there. And lastly, one thing people usually get wrong about you. Um, <laughs> so you're vegan? <laughs> vegan? That maybe I'm. I'm going to be uh, a spoil sport or, or not fun. I think, yeah. It, oh, that's just an assumption they make because of my job. Yeah. I have exactly the same. I had this whole conversation with someone who couldn't believe when my husband and I were speaking about like sexuality and our sex was like, yeah. what? She just didn't expect me to be a sexual being because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I remember, I'm like, how do the two? I, don't I remember know. hanging out with a chef and uh, his. Uh, I knew his his girlfriend they were newly together and we happened to be going to a wedding on holiday and he was like oh my god you're so much fun I thought you'd be really dry I said well actually according to Ayurveda I am dry but I balance that out with oils brilliant oh thank you Jasmine so much I've really enjoyed this chat. oh Lauren I really really loved our chat thank you that hour went like that it really did oh I it? think it was more than an hour it is it has been more but thank you so much good luck with the renovations good and luck you with sleep thank you I'll keep you updated thank you very much bye Lauren right, thanks everyone Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. And thank you also for taking responsibility for your well being by listening to podcasts like this. It's something I really appreciate. And before you go, I just wanted to remind you to check out the Recondition Your Life Academy at laurenvacneencoaching.com. It's a 12-week course that I run three times a year for small tribes of like-minded women. If you love anything you're hearing here on the podcast, this course will serve you so deeply. Everything from inner child healing, divine feminine healing and health optimization to how to find your purpose and how to find or cultivate conscious relationships and so much more. Check out all the testimonials on the website from some very happy previous Academy members. The growth and healing available in this course really is unique. Just head over to the website and make sure to get your name on the waiting list for when we launch the next semester. Sending so much love your way.